0: Folks, are you concerned about American K-12 education? Are you worried about what your children or grandchildren are learning or not learning in school? So if you've answered yes, my friends at Hillsdale College have a free resource for you. You've heard me talk about how Hillsdale College understands the importance of education to the future of our country. And now they're offering you 10 free print copies of their recent issue of Imprimus entitled Education as a Battleground, written by Hillsdale College President Larry P. Arn. This special issue provides a factual account of the issues in the ongoing battle over education and why parents and teachers, not bureaucrats or activists, should guide what our children learn. With Hillsdale College, you can make a difference in your community by distributing these copies of Imprimus to your community. Don't miss this opportunity to arm yourself with the facts. Claim your 10 free copies of Education as a Battleground by visiting Dana4FORHillsdale.com That's Dana4Hillsdale.com Act today and join the battle over education for our country's future. That's Dana4Hillsdale.com
1: Finally, let's uh, end where we started. Fentanyl. If this drug is killing more Americans than car wrecks and gun violence combined, do you believe that the policies we have today in effect are working? I've been involved in uh, the problem of uh, drug crime and drug trafficking for more than 40 years, including. That's not my question. It's not how long you've been involved. Are they working? They are not stopping fentanyl from killing Americans. If that's the question you you're asking, you say they're woefully inadequate to the task. We are putting all the resources that Congress provides to us into doing this. The DEA is doing. Uh, we are starting at the precursor level, when uh, precursors are sent from China to Mexico. We are then working oh, on attacking uh, the labs. I, I, my time is up, Mr. Chairman. They're not working, and we're
0: going to. Mm. Well, that's a very interesting exchange. Merrick Garland, I I kind of like him being in the hot seat just because I feel like he's done that to so many people, so many parents. I kind of I want to see him squirm. And I consider it a good day for the republic when government officials are jailed, too. I don't know if I've expressed that enough. Welcome to the program. I literally have been going all day thinking it's Tuesday. Really? Yes. Oh, man. You're confused curmudgeon dana lash here with you i legit did like i was like signing i mean I, you, y'all are lucky you, you got the email newsletter out this because i could have scheduled it the for some reason whatever between last night today i've been like it's tuesday tuesday just thinking it's tuesday and i got surprised in a number of ways including i'm just i i just it seems like a lot's already happened in the past three days so so he's facing some some questions today he's uh this is all about this the raid that was on Mar-a-Lago. And this is with the Senate Judiciary Committee, by the way. And this is after they had the search for uh, really nothing that was actually classified. And this is actually also the very first time that Merrick Garland has appeared before the committee since he launched that little special, and S-P-E-S-H-U-L, special counsel, investigation and all of the the records right that were that they said oh there's classified records classified records so this so they're looking at everything from quote-unquote gun violence to uh you know they've they've asked they've been asking him questions about a number of things but this is so this is like one of the first times they've been able to actually really question him since that and they were actually this comes in. we're going to get into this this uh pull this up the situation too with chris ray and all of that because all of this has been just absolutely wild but he's facing a lot of he's facing a lot of questions and he should i mean there's there I, i mean this idea that you know all the everything that they every every uh, excuse that they gave us for this It's just it's simply just not panning out I mean it, it it just isn't So they're asking him a number of questions on this This also on the heels of this crazy Interview that the FBI Director gave I was tweeting Out some of this last night that, This is wild it is really Wild so you have Chris Ray who He gave this interview uh, It was to special reports he was He was talking about bear and he was saying that the origins of the pandemic are most likely a potential lab incident in Wuhan. Most likely. And he said that, he, he also said that the Chinese government seemed to him to be doing its best, you know, to kind of thwart some of this. Listen to this inter- Listen to his soundbite here. This is crazy.
2: As you note, Brett, uh, the FBI has for quite some time now assessed
3: That the origins of the pandemic are most likely a potential lab incident in Wuhan. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He also had added on this. He had said that, you know, to me, the Chinese government, it seems to me that it's been doing its best to thwart and obfuscate the work we're doing, which was a key line. I think we needed that in there. Uh, But that because that was right. Literally, the next thing he said, Uh, that's crazy. Because we've known this but now they're only finally admitting it and you know with this too There were I mean just think of how many times you were punished for questioning this Something that they already knew. I mean we knew it. I don't know I, I just don't like pretending that I know it and that they know it and we all know it But we're you know what I mean? I just don't like pretending. It's just it just stupid. It insults everyone's intelligence so NBC news let me pull this up. They had a they had a piece that they already did on this. There he's accusing China of thwarting the origin probe. Well, they did. I mean, they they absolutely did. They weren't allowing anyone to come in and, and assess anything. So that's not a lie. That shouldn't even be considered controversial. It's, it's absolutely not a lie. They they did. NBC wrote that the report, which was commissioned by the administration on the origins of COVID, it was released by the Office of the Director of National Intelligence back, this was like back in 2021 they said that uh, the in- the agency had assessed with moderate confidence that the virus had infected humans after a lab associated incident Four their agencies assessed with low confidence uh, that the virus emerged naturally See, it wasn't a zoonotic thing that's what they maintained that it just hopped on over we all knew that they said that the cia is one of two intelligence agencies that are undecided oh really you're undecided really you're undecided it's like saying you find a, found a water leak in Six Flags next to a ride It's and it just, I guess, appeared out of nowhere except it's near the log flume. Probably came from the log flume. Just saying. I mean, it is... Uh, I, I mean, I'm not... So how does something that's low confidence turn into most likely? Right? How does that... Because, so he says most likely, but yet when it came out, they were saying, oh, well, with low confidence. So how does how does that turn into... Most likely, I think they're all. They're, it's because they're all gaslighting us. No one believes. No one believes that that zoonotic hypothesis. I mean, they. It, 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 mm. So they said that the energy department. They said they they changed their. They had changed their viewpoint on new intelligence based on new intelligence, further study of academic literature. Blah 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 blah. So Chris Ray confirms it. They all knew it. It was a very interesting interview. Uh. I think that the fact, I mean, and we know, again, going back, because I remember in the weeks after this, we had headlines about how there were offers of various governments, including the United States, of helping them to assess certain things. No one was allowed to go in that institute. No one was allowed to get, they weren't even sharing any information. And then if they did share information, it was only partial. They absolutely did every, I mean, that's not even up for debate. So why are they tiptoeing around this now? What is so bad about them coming out and saying, yes, they did it. It came from them. Instead of saying with low confidence or most likely. Quit adding those qualifiers in there. That does nothing. We all know it. We just look stupid and weak by not saying it. I mean, good grief. You can't even say it. It came from them. The end. That was a very interesting soundbite. Now, the other thing that's interesting with this, this is uh, audio soundbite 10. 10. John Hopkins, professor, Martin McCary, Dr. McCary, he was discussing how virologists were telling Fauci when they were on this emergency call way, way, way back in January of 2020. And they were all kind of freaking out and scrambling because guess what? National Institutes of Health was funding it. This is a little bit lengthy, but it is incredibly insightful. This is during a hearing. Listen to this. Thank you, Congresswoman.
2: The reason this is even an issue is that it's embarrassing we funded the lab if we had not funded the lab hundred percent of americans would say this is obvious this is a no-brainer the epicenter of the world is five miles from one of the only high-level virology labs in china the doctors initially were arrested and forced to sign uh non-disclosure gag documents the Lab reports have been destroyed. They've not been turned over. The sequences reported from the lab to the NIH database were deleted by a request from Chinese scientists that called over early on and said, delete those sequences we put in the database. And two leading virologists, maybe the two um, top virologists in the United States, Dr. Michael Farzan from Scripps and Dr. Robert Gary from Tulane, told Dr. Fauci on his emergency call in January of 2020 when he was scrambling soon after learning that the NIH was funding the lab, they both said that it was likely from the lab. Both scientists changed their tunes days later in the media, Hmm. and then both scientists received $9 million subsequent in funding from the NIH. It's a no-brainer that it came from the lab. I mean, at this point it's impossible to acquire any more information. And if you did, it would only be affirmative.
0: Well, with likely, uh, likely with all likely, most likely they said most likely. Hmm. Now, what are the other things that happened yesterday? This wasn't, this was Lori Lightfoot's out. She is absolutely out. Uh, I, and she is mad about it too. So she was defeated. There are, she was defeated by two dudes. Uh, one white and one black, because it's super important to the left. It's very important to the left that you acknowledge that. So she is completely defeated. Uh, she lost her re-election bid. She only got 17% of the vote. Only 17% of the vote. Paul, ba- Paul Vallis and Brandon Johnson lead the race. They're going to go to a runoff. That's going to happen in April 4th. And this is their, it's Democrats. I mean, it's the primary is the general. So that's, you know, that's the situation here. So she, the interesting thing about this, I read this last night. She is the first Chicago mayor in 40 years to have lost her reelection bid. She was in third place. First mayor in 40 years. And she's been criticized, you know, rightly so for being soft on crime, for all of, I mean, just think of all of the stupid mistakes that, have, that this woman has made. And just, she just kept, you know, just digging the hole deeper. Now, when she gave her concession speech, she was asked whether or not she was treated unfairly because of her, uh, you know, because she was a woman and she was a black woman. And, and she had said yes. First, this is her part of her concession speech. Listen to this let me just uh, do this. So thank you and and thank everyone so much. Um, I feel a lot of love in this room as I've felt every step of the way on this journey. Uh, I've called Brandon Johnson and Paul Vallis uh, to congratulate them on their victories and advancing uh, to the runoffs. We were fierce competitors and these last few months So Um, after this, she had been asked, because I don't really give a rat's ass about any of this. She was asked after this whether or not it was because of racism or maybe sexism. You know, it always has to be something. I mean, Democrats can never actually believe that they're really losing something. It has to be taken from them because nobody could not want them. They have such a superiority complex. Nobody could not want them. Oh, my gosh. So when she was asked, you know, afterwards, so do you think that that. You know, you, you were lost because of sexism or racism. I mean, that's the way you know, it was suggested. And she goes, well, she says, quote, I'm a black woman in America, of course. What does her being black have to do with her soft on crime approach? What does her being black have to do with when she locked her city down, she went to go get her haircut while they threatened to arrest stylists if they cut anybody else's hair? I mean, that has nothing to do with being black. That has everything to do with being a tyrant. I mean, why would you, don't throw your, don't throw your racial makeup under the bus because you're a tyrant. You're a tyrant. It has nothing to do with your race. You're just a tyrant. She wasn't treated unfairly. If anything, she was protected. I mean, think of all the stupid stunts she did. You remember that guy? Who was the guy that was riding the horse? He rode that damn thing to death. Ooh, don't even, I feel like there should be a severe punishment for him. See this sidebar. That's why I can't be in elected office. Okay. You guys can't because I, I mean, I'd be like Game of Thrones on some of these people. There's just it'd be Red Wedding every day. You can't. All right. Back to the topic. All of the stupid stunts she lost because she didn't serve her city. Now, Paul Vallis is a guy who said he wants to defund police. And then he wants to raise taxes on everybody so he can use it on social spending. So it sounds like Chicago is just trading one bad joker for another bad joker. Folks, your financial freedom is at stake when the government thrives on creating unrelenting inflation and astronomical debt, crippling interest rates, and market turmoil that we haven't seen in decades. And now you have an administration that wants to tax everything that you have to fund runaway entitlement spending. You should empower yourself with opportunity and the freedom to pursue success and to keep the fruits of your hard work. And if you want to protect your future, you should call a precious metals dealer that I trust, American Hartford Gold. They can show you how to protect your savings and retirement accounts by diversifying your portfolio with physical gold and silver. And all it takes to get started is a short phone call. An American Hartford Gold can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or inside your IRA or 401k. They make it easy. American Hartford Gold is the highest rated firm in the country with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied clients. Call today and they'll give you up to $5,000 of free silver on your first qualifying order. Call American Hartford Gold today at 866-887-1188. That's 866-887-1188. Or text Dana to 998899. That's 866 866- or text Dana to 998899.
3: And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech.
0: So quick headline on this. We're going to talk a little bit more about this. I saw this last night, but uh, there's, I mean, apparently Justin Trudeau may have been paid off by the Chinese, according to Globe and Mail. They had this crazy piece that was out yesterday, out last night. And in part of it they said The source said the diplomat instructed Mr. Zhang Zhang Bin He's a political advisor to the CCP And a senior official uh, To donate a million dollars to the Trudeau Foundation And told him the Chinese government would reimburse him For the entire amount So something to keep your eyes on We're going to talk about that a little bit more Eli Lilly cuts insulin prices up to 70% Amid pressure to slash costs The move follows some criticism From federal lawmakers and advocacy groups So they're cutting the price of some of their more commonly prescribed insulin products by like seventy percent. Uh, so that's going to be going to be a little interesting to see. Uh, also, a mummy was discovered in a delivery driver's cooler bag. It's kind of weird. It, yeah, and uh, the delivery driver's cooler bag. And I, it's gross. I need to. I'm going to share that with you. I got more time. Stay with us. We're coming back. So Valentine's Day may be over, but the need to say I love you is never over. You can say I love you over and over again with a meat subscription from Good Ranchers. Over 85% of grass-fed beef sold in stores is imported from overseas. That doesn't say I love you. What does say I love you is 100% American hand-trimmed steakhouse quality meat and seafood delivered right to your door. Right now, use code Dana to get $30 off when you order any box from Good Ranchers. Ditch the usual gifts and say I love you with a subscription to American Meat instead. Snag your $30 off with my code Dana at GoodRanchers.com today. With the 100% satisfaction guarantee, you can count on your monthly delivery of meat to always deliver the quality a great gift needs. Forget flour deliveries. Set up an easy, affordable, and delicious subscription to American Meat. delivered today by GoodRanchers.com and save $30 with code Dana. Say you're the best with the best meat in America from GoodRanchers.com Good Ranchers, American Meat Delivered.
2: Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app, weekdays noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. I refuse to accept that this great nation, who stands alongside of the Ukrainian people, fighting for democracy around the world, so that the children of Ukraine stolen by Russians can come back to their nation and stand equal under the sun. What? Then I refuse to accept that each and every one of you who are here. Families who cannot come to this place today. Mothers and fathers who are getting up with a heavy load on their back. Oh, my gosh. Taking children to what school. What does this have to do with to make student ends loan debt? Because they went Crazy. and accepted the challenge of an American dream and now are under the burden of your serious rates that are slapping them to the ground.
0: Oh, my gosh. This is when someone tries to, like, write their own speech and sound really... Uh, you know, they, like she wants to try to make this inspirational speech, and I don't even know what that was about. Something about the Ukraine's kids and some things and stuff. Yeah. What is even that? Yeah, it's kids. Good, good grief. Welcome back to the program, Dana Lash here with you. Bottom of our first hour. And that had to do with all of the the student. The Supreme Court yesterday began hearing the uh, student loan thing that Biden promised but then knew that it was completely illegal but then spent you know the rest of the time demagoguing everybody who decided that they were going to question the legality of his completely illegal move and we and it's mostly for graduates like really i mean it's like rich suburban graduates that are going to grad school and they want their debt paid off i mean ultimately that's you know that's this whole that's what all of this is so that's there we have some crazy uh discussions about that some crazy audio about that That's uh, that's ongoing. We have the hearing with A.G. Garland. He's been facing questions. We have. And also, too, and with Law and Order and some of the other stories that are coming out, this piece from New York Post, which was saying that the FBI agents association. Had rewarded these agents who were taking a knee in front of blm during you know those couple of years ago do you guys remember this whole story when there were pictures of law enforcement taking a knee and at, with blm and they decided to give them like a a, a gi- hundred dollar gift card basically a, a backpack, or as new york post puts it an attaboy There was a whistleblower that said the counterterrorism special agent in charge of the D.C. field office, they hugged each of them after the June 4th, 2020 incident. They said that while not everyone at the presence patrol, the agents assigned to the scene took a knee, seven did, at least seven did. And they were all celebrated. The reason I bring this up, especially in the context of Merrick Garland and DOJ and the weaponization of DOJ and FBI and all of the stuff that's being discussed today is that one of the most common defenses that I hear coming from the left or even coming from people who are trying to, I don't know, I guess they're, I don't know what their purpose is. They say that, well, you can't um, blame everybody. I mean, that's just that, you know, it's not, it's not every agent. It's not every agent within the, within the FBI. It's not everybody. Yeah, but I just remember those pictures from all over the country. And it seemed like a lot of them seemed like a lot of people. They had the FBI vests on seemed like a lot. I'm looking, I'm, I'm looking at a picture right now. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I mean, there's quite a lot of them, right? So, well, what's the point of saying, well, it's just the leadership? It's not. No, there are the rots at the top, but it goes a lot deeper. Rots head down. We can see that. Gave them a gift card. Gave them a gift card. I just. <laughs> By the way, I hate gift cards. Hate them. I don't know why. I just don't. It's just, I forget. Sometimes I'll forget. You know, I got to keep everything. I don't know. Gift cards are weird. So the symbolic gesture, as they were calling it, which was nauseating to everybody side. There were a lot of career agents who were nauseated by it as well. They didn't like it. But it. But the problem is that this is so widespread I just, I'm just tired, I, I, I'm just tired of the defenses of, well, it's, it's just, you know, it's the leadership, or it's not white, it's, because it, it is. I mean, that's, it, it, it's a, a problem that is driving a major distrust, Americans' major distrust in these institutions, and for good reason. Merrick Garland's been asked about a number of things. He's been asked about weaponized doj weaponized fbi he was also asked this audio as to where biological males should be held in prison this was something that was very fascinating listen to this q a here audio soundbite 22
1: are you concerned that if a biological male is sent to a female prison, that could be a risk to female prisoners? I think every uh, uh, person in prison has to be dealt with uh, with dignity and respect, uh, that determinations of the safety questions you're talking about have to be made on an individualized basis uh, and not categorically.
0: Hmm. Really? He was asked by Lindsey Graham, Graham said, so what's our policy when it comes to allowing a male prisoner to be transitioned into a female prison? Garland responded, well, if you're generally asking the question of how trans people are dealt with in the Bureau of Prisons, my understanding is that there are determinations about where they're placed or where people are placed in general and have to do with individualized determinations regarding the security of that individual and the management of the prison, case by case, blah, blah, blah. And he also said that he thinks that there were policy guidelines. Graham wanted the Bureau of Prisons in the audio exchange to send it to the Senate. And he says, and that's when he asked, well, are you concerned that if a biological male was sent to a female prison, that could be a risk to female prisoners? And that's when Garland said, well, I think every person has to, every person in prison has to be dealt with dignity and and respect. That has to, you know, uh, the determinations of the safety questions you're talking about have to be made on an individual, individualized basis. So that was the, that was the full exchange there. So it sounds like you're you're catering to cosplay. That has nothing to do with either dignity or respect. You're catering to, cross, to, to cosplay. If a male prisoner, that's actually, I mean, that's insane to think that all the way up to Merrick Garland, they can't. No, wait, it's, a, it's about dignity and respect. It's not about dignity and respect. You're, in fact, disrespecting the females in the women prison by allowing a male predator who cosplays as a woman into the female population with them. There are so many horror stories that are coming out of the States that are allowing this in California, for instance, I've spoken to a number of people. It's odd because some of these people, they're like far left groups, but they stop at that third wave feminist. We're going to go ahead and allow the, the patriarchy, the progressive patriarchy to appropriate the female sex. They stop at that. And they have been helping women in California prisons who are being forced to uh, be in the same population with a man who identifies as a woman, like there have been rapists that have been housed in in female populations, and because they identify, they just conveniently identify as a woman. That's not a joke. I'm not making this up. I mean, this is. I mean, we've talked about it on the show. I've done specials with uh, the network that runs the simulcast for the nationally syndicated radio show, The First, and I've talked to people who have worked with these. Uh, with these prisoners and have been advocating for them on their behalf because these women are terrified for their safety. So where's Merrick Garland's concern about the safety of prisoners? I mean, yes, do your time, but where's the left when it comes to cruel and unusual punishment? Because I think that, you know, women in jails shouldn't have to sit here and share space with a damn rapist. But see, even Merrick Garland, true to his progressive form, can't bring himself to acknowledge that. Can't even... Give women the courtesy of acknowledging it. That's not law. That's it's activism. Every person has to be dealt with dignity and respect. Well, you're only choosing to, you're only choosing to pretend to acknowledge that for one side and not the other. If you're not, if you're not having dignity and respect for all, then you don't have it for anybody. You can't sit here and say, women, shut up. You're bigots if you if you are uh, worried about a guy being housed in the prison, female prison population and then just cater to the dude who's... This is, the, the, uh, this is what gets me. This is how it is. If you had a guy who walked up to a woman in the gym, dropped his pants, shook his bits, he might get cited. He'd get cited. he gets cited for, what, exposure and decency maybe harass something. But if that same guy said, oh, wait, I'm a woman, walked into the women's locker room, did the same thing, oh, the woman's a bigot. Do you see how the individual, the only thing that changes is the claim of the individual as to what they situationally are at that particular moment? And we call that basis science? That's stupid. We're going to make ourselves go extinct. That's what's going to happen. And we deserve it, honestly. If SMOD doesn't come and do it first... Now you guys know why. I am SMOD's biggest fan. Yay. SMOD for all the elected offices. Go SMOD. Go SMOD. Team SMOD. Yeah. We should do that as a shirt, actually, come to think of it. We really should. Woo! woo, woo. All right. A couple of other things uh, that I, w- I want to make sure that we get to. So I saw that. I'm going to pull this up because you guys know how I'm like so done with the electric vehicle thing. This is such a controversial topic in my house. Only because my husband's wrong because <laughs> he likes he likes gadgets that's all this is. he likes gadgets and fiddling with like cars and engines and all that stuff he and he likes the how fast electric cars go that's let's be real. he just likes it that you can t- like barely touch the pedal and it goes to like a trillion miles per hour like in point one point eight seconds or something like that and that's really what it is. But he's, he he likes. Uh, he kept, he was like blown away by a neighbor that had the uh, electric hummer. He's like, that thing can go sideways. When is that feature ever going to be something that is used? So your car drives like a crab. Great job. It's going to go sideways, really? The only thing that I can possibly foresee in terms of helpfulness is if you have to parallel park. I could parallel park like a boss. That is, I have a certain set of skills, remembering facts, insults, and parallel parking. I am, these things, if there were an Olympic team for these things, I would be there, we would have all the gold. I can parallel park literally anything. I cannot, to save my life, just pull into a regular parking spot. It's just something that is not, it terrifies me, and I take it very slow. Parallel park, like literally two moves, that's it backing in and pulling up. That's all I do. Not joking. It's amazing. My family's amazed. I'm going to stop bragging on myself. Now, USPS, the story, they're purchasing 9,000 electric vehicles and they're installing 14,000 charging stations. I'm so glad. Gosh, I am. I'm so glad that we have all the money to do this, right? Aren't you guys glad? You guys are so happy that we have the money to do this? U.S. Postal Service going to buy 9,000 Ford electric delivery vehicles one year after an initial plan to buy predominantly gas-powered vehicles sparked controversy. They've awarded contracts to buy 9,250 Ford EVs, part of the vehicle electrification plan. Just deliver the damn mail. I don't need the vehicle electrification plan. I don't need that. Kane, how long does it take you to get mail? Oh boy.
3: It depends on where it's coming from. Look, I get it every day.
0: I like my my mailman. I'm gonna say mailman. Don't sit here and make me go don't work. No, shut up. I like mine because he wears a cowboy hat and he's super nice. But I've heard some horror stories for some folks. And I've seen that movie with Chevy Chase where he's on I think it's actually called Funny Farm, where that they have some problems with their mail driver. Um, but I just, you know, I just feel like you're spending your money on that. What about, like, just, you know, benefits or something? Incentives for fast delivery and, you know, good handling of packages or something like that. No, we're going to buy all electric vehicles. That's a luxury. That's not a necessity. This is your government. We have more to come as we get moving Gosh, that's the story I me. I really actually don't want to move on. I kind of want to complain a little bit more, but we we got to go. They're going to start yelling at me. Thanks to your support, Patriot Mobile has emerged as one of the leaders in the parallel economy, and they have big news. Patriot Mobile now offers service with all three major networks. This means if you're with the big three and like the service but hate their values, you can access them with Patriot Mobile. They also offer a performance guarantee, so if you're not happy with your coverage, you can switch between the three major carriers for free. Patriot Mobile America's only Christian conservative wireless provider offers nationwide coverage on the best 4G and 5G networks so you get the same great service while supporting a company that fights to preserve our God-given rights and freedoms resolve now to stop supporting companies that don't align with your values the Patriot Mobile 100% US-based customer service team makes switching easy just visit PatriotMobile.com Dana or call them at 878-PATRIOT get free activation today with the offer code Dana that's PatriotMobile.com Dana or call 878 patriot PatriotMobile.com slash Dana or call 878 Patriot.
2: Red meat, black coffee, truth telling. The Dana Show.
0: Welcome back to the program, ladies and gentlemen. Your lovable little cr- little curmudgeon here. Little the the this is the day. Interestingly enough, this song was the favorite song of a late dear friend of mine, Andrew Breitbart. And he like we, we were both dark wave, although he wasn't so much into the industrial aspect of it. Um, but we both love like Peter Murphy and The Cure and all this. So we had very similar musical tastes. And it's been 11 years since he's passed away. And for those who are unfamiliar, way back when uh, the Breitbart website was still run by Andrew and they had the vertical, so you had big government, you had big Hollywood, big journalism. I was the editor for big journalism. So my my particular set of skills was going after the press, and it was a lot of fun. And it's just weird that how fast time has gone. So I have a piece up at Substack titled, Remembering Andrew Breitbart 11 Years Later. And I shared with you this is one of the kookiest experiences. There were a lot, but... He and my husband and I, we all piled into this car. We did uh, we were in Indianapolis and we were driving to St. Louis, and we were listening to Dark Wave and we were talking about you know uh, Goth music basically, uh, Occupy Wall Street, the great American Experiment. And I mean, I'm not kidding you, like throughout the entire trip, because it takes like a few hours, you know, to drive from Indianapolis to St. Louis. But this trip took all day because Andrew kept wanting to pull over at every single exit. He was just assured that there was a promise of some kind of small, iconic Midwestern town just beyond the bend. And so we like pulled over like no fewer than six or seven times, I think. And I mean, it was kind of fun, though, because it was these are familiar sights to us. But he was born and raised in L.A., so he was like an alien. It was like walking around with an alien. It was the funniest thing in the world. Like we ate at a barn. He couldn't believe we were eating in a barn. And then he looked at a one stop. He looked at bait and then was eating a deep fried Twinkie on a stick. And he was like, I, this is like the way to live. But he was such a happy warrior. And he made the business of the nation fun. And I think the right has lost a lot of that. You know, nobody defended people more vociferously than Andrew, and he always defended people. He was loyal. He was a mediator. He gave criticism constructively and privately, and his creed was advance, advance, advance always, and the right has lost a lot of that too, but I think 11 years on, we should most definitely remember his example. He was a walking blueprint for the cause. You can go read that and see some photos at Substack. Second hour on the way. Stay with us
1: Pearl Nelson, military. She'd come in and do things that I don't think you'll learn in medical school, nursing school. She'd whisper in my ear. I didn't, couldn't understand him. She'd whisper, she'd lean down. She'd actually breathe on me to make sure that I was, there was a connection, a human connection. She even went home and brought back her
0: pillow. What? So that is the nurse Pearl? Pearl Nelson. Um... This is the president telling us about this stuff. Welcome back to the show. Dana, very bemused curmudgeon here. Dana Lash, (laughs) time for a second hour with you. (laughs) So we were having this. I mean, I am full of comments, some of which I can't even share. But it sounds like, oh, man, how do I say this? Did he like accidentally find one of Hunter's movies, home movies or something like that? I mean, I'm just it's weird, right? Oh yeah, It's weird. Uh these are all the fun stories that he likes to tell, hardly any of which are are true. First, you had the so you had Pearl Nelson, right? I, I mean, does do you think that that Pearl Nelson knew corn pop? Or what about the the kids that were braiding his leg hair at the pool or petting his leg hair at the pool or something with his leg hair? I mean, just weird. Like, who tells this kind of? Oh, Joe Biden does. Joe Biden does. Steve remarked that they need to do a uh, March Madness bracket of all these people that Biden talks about in his life, like all these crazy people. I don't know who'd win, though. Just, uh... I, mean, it, I, I know he's trying to, I guess, seem more accessible, but it doesn't come off that way. He He just... He just sounds nuts. He just sounds crazy. He doesn't sound like he's being relatable. He, people are like, what did that nurse do? Like, this sounds almost inappropriate. What are you talking about? Hmm. He's just not. Has he called a lid yet for today? I'm curious. Wouldn't be yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, while all of this is happening, there is some pretty, like, big things that are also you know happening concurrently like for instance the government accountability office i had this i think i had this a little bit later down but i'm gonna actually no i'm gonna hit this here i'm gonna hit this now then we're gonna get into the sam britain they're investigating them again so the remember the government account accountability office when they had released their january sixth thing report and they found that interestingly enough the capitol police And the FBI had apparently identified some credible threats in the lead up that ended up turning into a riot from some, not all. But they apparently didn't share any of that information. You had 10, I think it's 10, 10, no fewer than 10 agencies that protect the Capitol. And apparently no one talked to the other one and they didn't share any information about any of this at all with each other. So they had, like, apparently a number of different things. The agency, according to the GAO, didn't follow a single bit of protocol for processing anything. They And I kind of, I mean, that's kind of part part of the course for how they've been operating with all of the BLM stuff and the rioting that took place. I mean, just say nothing of, you know, inauguration night in 2016 when all hell broke loose. And the Capitol Police, this is the thing that really gets me. Apparently, they didn't even form the, the, inform members, their members of the threats. That's pretty stunning. And this is at GAO.gov. They, they, put the, they made the report available. They didn't um, apparently make any of their members even aware of the threats, and they did not have any kind of policies, apparently, that regulated how and if and when any of that information should be shared. And that goes over everything from right or left, any kind of rally, any kind of event. Now, the DHS office said that they had hesitated to report any kind of J6 threats because of the scrutiny they received when they reported stuff in 2020. I just feel like that's a dodge. I'm How in the world is it 2023? And these agencies apparently still have not come up with a way to better communicate with each other and internally communicate with each other about this. I mean, there's I mean, this kind of gives a little bit of insight into why there was never any other security called. Even just if you know, there's going to be a rally. Now, the other thing that I was thinking of, and I was talking to a friend about this when we were at State of the Union. So when we were at the Capitol and the Capitol complex is massive, by the way, when we were at the Capitol it is such a long slog from where the rally was held, which is more near the monument. It was it was it's it's a long haul, especially if you're on foot. And there is the the issue that I have, and there's a caveat with this, there is the possibility that people thought that, well, maybe no one's ever gonna come over here. But at the same time, Even if you're identifying something that is separate because the way that it is in the report, it sounds like it's separate entirely from the rally. It almost sounds like these aren't people that were breaking away from the rally and and, and until the rally was over. And then people started walking back to their cars, which is why it like grew, because as they were walking back and some people were seeing, I guess, what was going on near the Capitol complex. And then they started like trickling over, but that you wouldn't even call. Or even have anything on standby. You know. To to prepare. You know. Steve just shared like the distance between the two. Is like a mile and a half. Now you factor in downtown D.C. Tons of traffic. Tons of tourists. Crosswalks. There's rallies for literally everything every day. I mean I've never been there when there wasn't something going on. Everybody demonstrates right there. It's. I mean, to even walk on foot takes a long time. It's crazier to even drive. And so you're telling me you didn't even have enough time to get anything ready? You got 10 agencies? It's just weird. I got a lot. It just, now I have even more questions. Now, the other thing, too, that makes this different now, as I said, you have stuff that happens every single day. You know, in the in the ellipse that something happens every day. The ellipse is like by the monument and you got the the museums, and you got the, the Lincoln Memorial. And then you have the, you know, the, the World War II Memorial, the Vietnam War Wall Memorial, all of these things there. But, you know, one thing that is a little unusual is that it was a rally at which the president of the United States was attending. So that makes it a little bit different. And that makes me question why the more they at least didn't have something ready to rock on standby, even if the Capitol complex was in a mile and a half away. I mean, there's a lot of questions that are coming up here. I I have I can't tell you how many times I've been to these things. Rallies that have been there, you know, right in D.C., there are a million different security layers there. Always all you've got. I mean, if it's anywhere near the Capitol, you got Capitol Police. Now you, you have DC, you have everybody there. I just it brings up more questions. Why didn't they try to I mean, you know that it's going to be a rally at which the president's going to be at. So why didn't DHS talk to these other agencies? You're telling me that if the president's involved, none of the agencies talk to each other. Because that is an embarrassment to the system. It is an absolute embarrassment. I don't care who's in the White House. What the hell do we pay you for? I mean, no one, no one agency talked to the other agency? You thought that maybe, you know, somebody like the President of the United States wasn't going to attract maybe at least like some opposition? You didn't think that people might go to the Capitol to protest and take advantage? of it. I mean, oh my gosh. That's embarrassing. Now I got more questions. And the thing is, is that either, and I think it's both, they're incompetent to the point of barely functioning, or government has gotten so big that something like this is allowed to happen. I think it's both. That is, it's incredibly, it's shocking. All right. I've got, uh, you know, Sam Brinton, the non-binary nuclear waste chief. He's now being investigated by the FBI. Remember the fashion designer who identified her clothes? He was wearing her original designs in a number of these photos that have been online of him. Fashion designer Asya Kameson, she reported her luggage missing in 2018. He's been pictured in all of her clothes. He wore one of her dresses sideways. Some people were commenting and saying, why does the neck look different? Because it's sideways. He's wearing it in another picture and it's supposed to be long in the front and back and short on the sides and it's short in the front and back and he, it's long on the, on the sides for him. And he also wore, was wearing all of her originally designed jewelry in the bag too. Like he was wearing a ton of stuff that she had. So now they are, he's being uh, investigated by the FBI for this. This is an absolute embarrassment of a hire. Oh my gosh. And there hasn't been any, you know, nobody, Brenton or nobody with him has said anything, but apparently now he's being investigated by the FBI. This guy worked in our department of energy. Now just think about some of the hires that this administration has made to say nothing of uh personal time, Pete either. I've got some uh, wokery for you I want to get into. This is a very interesting story. I saw this originally at at Daily Mail. This is in Maryland. So Steve, this is near you. 52-year-old man sued his local bar for banning him because he's old and white, sparking a huge culture war in town with protesters replete with signs saying old white men's lives matter. Tavern says it was for something different. Neil Glessner This dude spends $500 a week at Dan's restaurant and tap house. Well, used to anyway, he says he faced discrimination, uh, back in February 18th of 2022. The owner says that there were repeated disruptive behaviors against people that work there that, that triggered the ban. But apparently like there was like a clip, um, that was captured on the body cam footage. The manager who was working there at the time had barred him and they called the police. And one of the body cam footage, they they caught him telling Glessner and his friend, uh, quote, you old white people act like you own everything. Get out of here. And apparently like saying some things of that nature, which kind of gave them the basis for this. So, yeah. So now that's like this big, you know, back and forth fight. And all of these, they call themselves old white guys, have been up there. Old white guys' lives matter with their protest signs. Now, the tavern says it's a frivolous lawsuit. And they said it's baseless. Um, But it, I don't know, just it doesn't help that the, I don't think that the bar owners are helping themselves out with any of their comments. When they're talking about they want to attract like a certain clientele and all that. I mean, it's not helping. I don't know. I mean... And they didn't help themselves by saying that stuff on camera either. I don't know. Does this guy... I mean, it's going through, so this guy may have a... He may actually have a case. Coming out. there's new woke words of the day. I'm not even kidding you. New woke words. So remember Latinx? Okay, so Latin now is going to be a thing. I'm not kidding you. I do... I don't know. We've got that and a whole bunch of other stuff on the way, and you don't want to miss...
3: And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech.
0: Singer Harry Styles is going to donate a million dollars to gun control efforts. Yay! That's according to a couple of different sources. Teen Vogue! What? He's partnering with the Every Town for Guns, with a M- Michael Bloomberg founded thing. Uh, you know what? I think he should probably save his money and buy himself some better clothes. Dude, come on, you dress like a grandma's sofa. Oh, uh, let's see, he does. He totally looks like a grandma sofa. Half of Americans think national news tends to mislead, misinform, and push viewpoints. You don't say. It's a new Gallup and Knight Foundation survey, and it shows that people, their new level of mistrust in the media is now higher than their last month's level of mistrust in the media. And with the statement that says, do you believe or do you think that national news organizations do not intend to mislead? 50% said that they disagreed. And then it got higher when they were kept being asked their opinion and their regard for legacy press. Generative AI could be an authoritarian breakthrough in brainwashing. Wonderful. Love it. Great. Chat GPT. It's weird and creepy and nobody likes it. Uh, We've seen this movie already. Uh, Apparently, there's some concerns and debate amongst Western industry leaders on the risks of releasing advanced generative AI tools and uh, where the effects might be the most pernicious within autocracies. Yeah, because that would make sense, right? Bots telling people to behave and think like bots. And bon villain DNA could transform cancer treatment, scientists say. Discovery through a discovery that extra chromosomal DNA can act as a cancer-causing Uh, act as cancer-causing genes seen as a breakthrough could lead to new cancer therapies huge news indeed so coming up Luis valdez who is the state director for florida gun owners of america joins me to talk about that constitutional carry bill stay with us
2: your one-stop shop for the information you need to fight back if you're gonna have to learn stuff you might as well enjoy it the dana show
0: Welcome back to the program, your lovable curmudgeon here. You can listen coast to coast, sea to shining sea, and you can also watch a simulcast on, well, do you got the internet? You can watch it Facebook, YouTube, Channel 349, TV. I got to tell you, you know, I'm happy when other states do well. You know, I'm happy, you know, for my fellow patriots and my fellow Second Amendment supporters and my fellow tax break aficionados and, you know, people who think that we don't need any of these all these bureaucratic government agencies, you know, I get happy when I see things reduced. There is a little bit of jealousy though. If it they're doing better than me in my state in Texas. Right. But I gotta say, and nobody's gonna judge me, for the first time in a while, we actually beat Florida at something. And I, I, you know, I kind of feel a little good about that because I'm getting tired of hearing about, you know, Florida's tax breaks. I'm getting tired of hearing about, you know, oh, Florida has a little bit more individual free- freedom. Florida has this. Florida has that. They have like better consistent weather and actual breezes. Whatever. I'm tired of hearing about it. Not that I want to like bag on them, but I I saw this. So I've been following the constitutional carry bill, which a few days ago came out of committee and I guess is now going through the process. And I thought, okay, well, that's interesting. That's great. Constitutional carry. You know, we talked to the the governor about it recently. Constitutional carry, that's great. But then there was the thing, because shockingly, I already thought that Florida could open carry. It's Florida. I mean, can't you have a pet alligator? I mean, geez, it's Florida. I thought you could already open carry. Texas has been able to open carry. Florida can't. They can't open carry. We actually beat them at something. I feel pretty good about this. So at this point, just to rub it in his face a little bit, Our friend Luis Valdez, who is the Florida State Director for Gun Owners of America, firearms collector, he says he's a commie hater too. So we just immediately became best friends. Luis, it's so good to see you. Thank you for joining me. So I'm just going to, why can't, what is the thing with open carry? Why cannot, why can't you open carry in Florida? How in the world did we beat you with this?
1: Well, it's real simple. Um, There's one person to thank for this. Janet Reno is the reason why we don't have open carry in Florida. And it goes back to 1987 when Florida became shell issue with concealed carry permits during a special legislative session for tax policy of all things. Janet Reno, then as the Dade County state attorney lobbied the lawmakers to ban open carry and we've had a ban on open carry since then.
0: She follows some of the worst, worst things ever as it relates to two way issues. Just going to wake up. Sorry. Just going to say she follows some really bad things. So, That it's been that long. So, constitutional carry, because I I can't believe that you can't open carry there. And I, at first, I thought, because I started hearing some, you know, some criticisms of the constitutional carry bill that's going forward in Florida. And I thought that maybe y'all were dealing with something like with what we had to do up until it was like September 21, where we could open carry if we had our concealed carry permit, which, you know, makes all the sense in the world, I guess, to a bureaucrat. But in Florida, you will be able to conceal carry without a permit, but you still can't open carry. So my question to you, Luis, is why does it matter if it's covered by a piece of cloth or not?
1: Well, that's the biggest issue with this piece of legislation. Republicans are advertising it as being constitutional carry when it's not, because every state that has passed constitutional carry has had two, cre- two critical pieces in it. The ability to carry openly or concealed without a permit. And Florida is still banning open carry. Florida is the only Republican state that bans open carry. And out of the entire country, 47 states and two U.S. territories have open carry on the books in one form or another. Only Florida, Illinois, and New York outright ban it, except if you're hunting or fishing.
0: That is insane. We're talking with Luis Valdez, who is the Florida State Director for Gun Owners of America. One of the things that I come across, and I'm sure you hear this too, Luis, is that people will say, and you know, they're they're like-minded for the most part, but they say things like, well, you know, it's, and I understand their arguments. They're saying it's it's a, it's a tactical advantage to be concealed, you know, and, and you should, you know, you should want to be able to carry concealed. And I, I agree with that, but why do I, you're eliminating choice. And that's where the freedom lies, is within the choice to be able to choose between one or the other. And and sometimes... You know, I, and I have talked about this on air before. Sometimes, especially for women, you know, if you're leaving the grocery store late at night, as I used to have to do when I worked in downtown St. Louis and I had a radio show that was on in the evenings and I didn't get home until 11 o'clock. And if I had to stop or if I had an emergency, sometimes it is a little deterrence. If everyone sees your head's on a swivel and they, that you're looking around and you've got, you know, in some instances, especially for women, I do think that it is advantageous. But, you know, again, special circumstances. But, Luis, it comes down to the choice. So what do you tell people when they say, what is your response when they say things like that to you?
1: My response to them is very simple. In 2011, we had an open carry bill go through the Republican controlled legislature and it was gutted by Republicans to be an accidental exposure only law. So it's 790.053 is the state statute. And it says that if there's a brief or accidental exposure of your firearm, it's not an arrestable offense. Well, the problem is since that law was passed in 2011, you've had people specifically arrested for having brief and accidental exposures of their concealed firearms, and they've been charged with open carrying a firearm. So the entire push for why we need to have open carry is it removes any and all doubt of law enforcement to harass law-abiding, Conceal carry um, gun owners because the biggest issue in Florida is our own Florida Sheriff's Association is vehemently anti-gun. The current chairman of the FSA has said that he's against open carry. The previous chairman, who is now their legislative um, lobbyist, has said he's against open carry. And, you know, these are Republican sheriffs that run on being pro-gun, yet they back gun control. Hmm. We have Republican lawmakers that campaign on being pro-gun, yet they are upholding Janet Reno, one of the worst Democrat gun control ad- advocates in this nation's history. They're upholding her gun control policies. And remember, yesterday was the anniversary, the 30th anniversary of the Waco siege when it started, and that was started by Janet Reno. No. Of all people. Why are Republicans upholding democrat gun control policies that's, that's the question a million
0: I that. dollar question that's a great question why are they so that brings me so explain this that because i know every state they every state has different procedures they have a different process different protocol i understand this i'm very respectful of that however i also realize that you know this bill is still in its infancy it came out of committee so there's still time to make some changes correct
1: There's still times to make changes. Um, Traditionally in Florida, a bill has to go through three committees before it goes to the floor. But that's actually up to the legislative leadership. They could change the rules on a whim and they did for for these two bills. It's only going through two committees before it goes to the floor. So the House version already went through both of its committees. The Senate version went through its first committee. It has one more to go. And at every committee, Gun owners have asked the same question, and they've stated the same. They've made the same statement: We support the bill. We want open carry added to it, and not a single Republican has added an amendment to do this.
0: Why? What are what are they afraid of?
1: It's it comes down to legislative leadership. Uh, we spoke with some key uh, Republican lawmakers and some of the committees, and literally they told us that the Republican legislative leadership, the House Speaker and the Senate President, are against adding open carry and that if they support any amendment to add open carry to it by any means, they will literally be exiled, banished to the basement, stripped of their committee seats, and any other bill that they're pushing will be blocked. And this happened previously with a former state representative by the name of Anthony Sabatini, who introduced constitutional carry three years in a row, and it was blocked. And this is the worst thing. The committee chair last year that blocked the bill who threw away gun owners' petitions asking him to bring the bill up for a voting committee, he is the House bill sponsor this year for the permitless concealed carry-only bill. And when asked by the media if open carry will be added, he said the bill is as it is and it is not being changed.
0: That's, wow. That that just goes to show you, we're talking with Luis Valdez, who's the Florida State Director for Gun Owners of America, that you can have uh, a majority in the legislature, Republican, like in Texas, that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, these are gun owners or that these are people who even understand what that is or, you know, what any of this or even support any of it. So if they're blocking it, my next my next question to you is, I like to go above people's heads. Is that possible? Can you do, go above somebody's head? Can you go all the way to the top and say, hey, can we can we make this demand? Can we put some pressure on these people? Is that, I mean, is that something the governor's office can do? Uh, I mean, is that is that possible? I don't Again, I don't know the process for how that would happen, but I just like to go above people's heads and be like, can we do this? Is this something that, that we can put in here?
1: In Florida, we can do that. The governor, he, he can't um, directly tell the legislature what to do, but he can crack the political whip and use his office as a bully pulpit. And he's done that in the past. Uh, previously, when it came to congressional redistricting, the Republican legislature sent him a, a map that he didn't agree with, he vetoed it, basically wrote his own, found someone in the legislature willing to submit it and said, pass this version. And that's exactly what happened. So DeSantis can crack the whip and say, I want a real constitutional carry bill with open carry added to it. And we've been pressuring him to do that. The question is, but this is not the question. The issue is he hasn't done that thus far. He hasn't cracked the the political whip. He hasn't told the legislature this is what I want on my desk. He's basically been playing it very safe with the legislature right now. And personally, I think the governor's pro-gun, but politically it appears that gun rights isn't a top issue for him, and he's fine with whatever they send
0: him. Do you think that they're worried, talking with Luis Valdez, Florida State Director of Gun Owners of America, are they are they worried that, because I know everyone's been celebrating that two-thirds supermajority and that the legislature, it's very, because I, I wonder whether or not um, you know, this would have even been an issue. Well, I think this would have been a huge issue back in maybe 2018 uh, and even maybe before then. But now it seems like it's a little bit easier. You were saying that, you know, they were like, vetoing this or not vetoing it, but putting it back the previous uh, proposal like three years ago. Is is it are they worried? Is there a worry that like they may lose some of that power in the state legislature? Because to think that, you know, you could take out like the House Speaker and, you know, strip them of committees. That's like some pretty serious political warfare. Is that, like, is that the hesitancy?
1: That is very much the hesitancy from the rank-and-file lawmaker. They are truly afraid of legislative leadership being legislative dictators and literally squashing everything that they do. And we've heard this from multiple lawmakers. Um, you even had, last year, Representative Michelle Salzman up from the panhandle, um, uh, she was caught on video telling the Republican National Hispanic Assembly that she supports constitutional carry, she supports open carry. But the problem is, is that the legislative leadership would literally kill everything she does if she backs it. And just to give you a really bad taste in your mouth, the House Speaker and the Senate President, Paul Renner and Kathleen Pasademo, they unanimously supported the Parkland Gun Control Bill, which stri- which stripped everyone under the age of 21 from legally purchasing a firearm, instituting mandatory waiting periods across the state of Florida, instituting red flag laws across the state of Florida and instituting a bump stock ban that is so vague Mm
2: -hmm. and and poorly written
1: that that literally if I took my pistol to a gunsmith to have him install a lightened trigger in it to make it a competition grade pistol, it could possibly be in violation of the law and charge me with a felony. And this was Republicans that did
0: this. This is infuriating. Luis Valdez, uh, and you can find him at Real FL Gun Lobby as well, Florida State Director for Gun Owners of America. I'm sure that you all, because I would love to share it, I'm sure you all have a list of these lawmakers in Florida that, you know, we can just send out to people. Just, be, you know, just so people can very politely and civilly make some suggestions about what needs to be added to this constitutional carry bill? Because Floridians, you guys cannot, we have a lot of affiliates in Florida. They cannot be happy with Texas beating them in this, surely.
1: Uh, Look, here's the honest truth about Florida versus Texas. You guys have open carry. You guys have campus carry. You guys have constitutional carry. A little bit campus carry,
0: not on the private institutions, but.
1: But you guys have all that. We have none of that.
0: Well, I will. You guys have been making a lot of ground because you I mean, I remember in 2012, y'all were blue. I watched those votes come in and I was like, oh, my gosh. So you guys have actually done more than I think any other state. And also, I think with 2A advocacy, you guys have been doing some real great work there because you've made a lot of you've gained, gained a lot of ground in 10 years time. So I think that's to be commended. But yeah, we still are beating you on that. We'll, we're still beating you on that. But I'll take that. That's, <laughs> But you you have something that I uh, make sure that, uh, I'm going to make sure that I send it out because I would love to be able, especially with all of our listeners in Florida, so that they can contact their lawmakers and be like, no, 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 this has got to happen. This has got to be in because that's that's just, it's a piece of cloth covering. So It's so dumb. It's ridiculous. Luis Valdez, I so appreciate what you all do down there. I appreciate what you do for our Second Amendment rights. And thank you for always, always keeping and a watch and again doesn't matter the letter after the name you know you're either for it or you're not that's kind of how it is thank you sir good to talk with you
1: thanks for having me on and thanks for being a beacon of freedom in these dark and troubling times and rock on with that Metallica shirt
0: yes sir yes sir will do thank you good to see you
3: it's his life mission to make bad decisions <laughs> it's time for Florida Man
0: Kane, pronounce that word that I just put in Slack because it's part of the story. <coughs> it's the first word of the headline. Cohog. Is it, Cohog?
3: I think it's Cohog.
0: Q U A H O G. Everyone it's on the internet is going to Only my years of watching Family
3: us. Guy. Do I know Quahog.
0: that? Cohog. How do you even know that, Steve?
3: Yeah, Family Guy. What? You don't.
0: I. This is so surreal. That's the town they live in. Cohog. Cohog. Yeah. Well, it's a clam. Apparently, oh, or type of clam, cohog clam. I didn't know that. Found off Florida coast. It's a 214 year old clam. It's, t- I don't even know. First off, who goes, I wonder how old that clam is. I'm just wondering. <laughs> a two and a half pound cohog clam uh, that made apparently a rare visit to the Florida coast. Researchers believe it's 214 years old. Blaine Parker was collecting shellfish to make chowder at All- love this kid's better. Alligator Point on St. James Island. He found the gigantic quahog clam, an Atlantic species found most often north of North Carolina. He goes, we were just going to eat it. And then we thought about it for a while. Figured it was probably special. So we didn't want to kill it. I swear to you, that's a real quote. Uh, it's like six inches long. Apparently, it was like alive when Abraham Lincoln was born. Wow. So they're calling it Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like they're returning it to the gulf of mexico they said that they figured that he won't live well in captivity he's earned his right to stay out there he probably died immediately when they put it up i'm just saying i hope it didn't Cohog. now we know we learned something today stay with us
3: out of the streams that these kids used
2: to play in would you allow your kids anywhere close to these streams right now i, I would not i'm a father of a 9 <laughs> i think we have to all agree that we wish this accident didn't occur the accident occurred, and so, as a result, some of
0: our... That's the literal head of the, I, I, I'm just shocked at this. That's the head of the EPA there, well, EPA administrator. And he's asked there in East Palestine, so would you let your kids be nowhere, would you let them be anywhere near the water? And he says, no, I would not. And this is right after... They were, they were toasting each other and trying to get everybody to drink the water. Welcome back to the show. Third hour. Dana Lash sitting here with you. And I hope you subscribe to the newsletter. A lot of stuff coming out. Had a couple pieces come out just uh, today. And then, of course, obviously, uh, your daily radio prep. You can find that over at Substack Chapter and Verse. Also find us at YouTube and Facebook. You can get all of our past interviews. And uh, you're, if you're not listening across the country uh, and on a radio station near you, you can also listen online and watch the simulcast. On YouTube, Facebook and channel 349 Direct TV. So there were people who were like they, they were in somebody's house and they were toasting the they were drinking the water and it was like the EPA chief too and they were all in there and they're you know all drinking the water and uh, it was just you know like oh let's have a sip and that guy was in there that guy was in there. That EPA administrator was in there drinking the water. And now he's like, no, don't be anywhere near that water. Do we know that came from the tap? Wait, hold up. I'm looking at the video. Yeah, I'm they're pouring it right from the sink. Let me go back and look at the video. It's a pruder style. No, no, no. Okay, so I'm watching. I want to make sure that there's no trickery happening. No, I'm watching the, the video. They're at this woman's home. Wait, no, I didn't see him. I didn't see that one. Is that DeWine? So it's DeWine's right about- blocking the faucet. Get out of the way, DeWine. It's
3: right about 30 seconds in. He's
0: blocking the faucet. I didn't see. Uh, now, he just took that off the counter. They're running the tap. I'm watching it. I'm watching it. He hands it to her. She puts it. Now, he's blocking the faucet. Okay, now I saw like two seconds of the water going in the cup.
3: You see it in your monitor there?
0: And what, yeah, it, it's. I'm just, you know. I'm just saying. Now they're all holding. No, they still held their glasses. They're like, <laughs> right? Oh, I'm gonna go home. So uncomfortable. You know what? I'm gonna tell you. People make fun of me. Sidebar. They make fun of me because I always, I always have. It's a Texas thing, I think. I always have a big tumbler of. Sometimes it's iced dyed soda. Sometimes it's just ice water. Sometimes it's man. Somebody's gonna throw something at me. Uh, ice on sweet tea because that is unheard of down here. You say, you're like, uns- unsweet tea, and sometimes you get a, <laughs> okay. <laughs> unsweet tea. So I'm watching, that. I'm just going to say, DeWine wouldn't get out of the way, so there's room for some conspiracy theories. I'm just saying. You know, got a little patch of tinfoil right here. There's, there's just a little bit there. So he's, <laughs> this is on the 21st of February. So they're toasting and drinking the water, and then I mean like 8 days later he's asked, "Well, would y'all have your kids play near the water?" No, I would not. He wouldn't even allow his kids near the water that he just drank. Is that what I'm understanding? Is there a different Am I missing something? Is there like a I- difference between like the water out of the tap and
3: and waterways? Yeah. I mean, obviously the water out of the tap goes through the municipal city water, you know, that whole cleansing thing. But the waterways are what they were specifically talking about. Kids, you know, playing in creeks and rivers and things like that. So, you realize
0: yeah. that optic is just so weird.
3: It is. It is.
0: I mean, I they're still having some issues with that. I mean, I feel feel bad. They had a, what is it? Personal time, Pete. We got a soundbite from him. I feel like I got to play Bob Bob the Builder whenever we audio soundbite thirteen. Uh, personal time, Pete was asked. Okay, so is the president gonna actually? Come and, and visit East Palestine or and this was his answer
2: to the site um, first question is President Biden planning on traveling and second question what more can Congress could be done here what more can they step in and particularly when it comes to uh, punitive action for railroad companies that violate safety regulations.
3: So on the first question, uh, uh, what I do know is that the president cares a lot about this issue. He's spoken uh, repeatedly with with me and uh, and other senior members of the administration about what can be done, both to support the community and to hold these railroads.
0: Um. So is that a no? He didn't really answer it, did he? No. Yeah, he didn't really answer it. Okay. Yeah. All right, there you go. Uh, well, I mean, I guess they're maybe they should tell everybody that they are. Uh, Ukraine or something and then they would get the attention that they need. Uh, It seems like that would be... hmm. all right. so we have... I got even more stuff here for you and there's some stuff that I I was keeping on my... I have on my rundown that I'm scooting around. I'm just sure I'm frustrating everybody because I'm just scooting everything around. But I'm... But there's like new things that are coming up. I wanted to make sure I'm going back. Can we go back to the Wokery? Let's go back to what I was going to have last hour. The Wokery. So there are new woke words of the day. I... I'm scared to say one of these. Uh, so dictionary.com added 313 new words, revised like 1,100 some odd definitions. They created 130 new definitions because they're bored. Mm-hmm. Um, so they are replacing the term Latinx. They don't need to replace it. It's, uh, they are going to try to push Cain... Latine
3: <laughs> Latine
0: <laughs> I wish your cane turned into a gif
3: Latine Latine Yeah no No thanks That's too much like latrine No thanks
0: Oh you're right Ooh They, they said Well they they, re- they had it as a replacement It's being presented as a replacement For the controversial term Latinex Which was found to be offensive To Hispanic people Maybe because it's a stupid Made up word yeah,
3: The Latine Would be <laughs> offensive To Hispanic people as well Sorry to break. Why?
0: Why do they got to do this? Why do you got to sit here and do stuff that don't need to be done? It doesn't make any sense. So they they published their update. So they, okay, I haven't. My head. It's making my head hurt. So they want to replace the word folk. I like to say folks. Yeah. F o l k s with folks. F o l x.
3: Oh, same why? difference. Folks with folks.
0: Why? Okay. Don't folks with folks. You <laughs> know what I'm saying? Just don't. Why? What is wrong? Is there something? What is wrong with F-O-L-K-S and then F-O-L-X? What is, why does it? why?
3: Saves your character on Twitter.
0: Do you remember how you see these old-timey documents where they were writing in quill and parchment and some of the words were curiously not spelled the way we spell them today? And we're like, gosh, those people were dumb. Well, we're <laughs> I feel like that's what they're doing to our oh, yeah. language now. The woke scold. So, oh, but wait, there's more. No. Yes, there is. No. So they Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they added, can I say this word? Can I say the word can I say that word?
3: Yeah, I think so. I mean it's it's the news.
0: Can I say that word? Yes. Queer baiting. Yes. That's been added. That is...
3: Queer baiting?
0: I don't know what that is. Do You put like an Elton John CD out there with some glitter and then like try to get somebody. (laughs) You put it under a stick with a box. Like I don't even know what that means. Okay. Uh, I... Okay. So this one is... (laughs) I I feel like I should skip over this one entirely because this is not... Oh my gosh, what has happening to the show? I don't know. Oh, okay. So the one I just shared with you—that's not what I thought it was. Do you want to read this one? You can have this one because I was thinking something entirely different. I thought it. Kane, I thought it was a. Oh boy. Yeah, I thought it was new for. That's what right, I thought right, it was.
3: Right. Uh, my mic was on when you said that so people heard you. Um. <laughs> no, yeah. You this. Didn't. What? No. <laughs> yes, it totally
0: did. So you do this
3: one. Okay. Pinkwashing, uh-huh. pink. Wa- I guess like whitewashing, only this is pinkwashing—an instance or practice of acknowledging and promoting the civil liberties of the LGBTQ plus community, but superficially as a ploy to divert attention from allegiances and activities that are in fact hostile to such liberties. What
0: I, yeah, um, woke has been added. Good God, that's a self coup. That's stupid. These are so dumb. That's a a. Coup basically nah, 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 to retain. Oh, I don't even know what this is. So stupid. Abrosexual. What? Oh, that's a new word for the rainbow stuff. <laughs> uh, noting or relating to a person whose sexual orientation is fluid or f- fluctuates over time. That's such a vague definition. Noting or relating to a person? Abrosexual? Like what? That isn't, I'm going to rage farming. I actually do like this. That sounds cool. This is, it does. Rage farming sounds amazing. Uh, it's the tactic of intentionally provoking political opponents. Hmm. We got some words for this yeah. that exists already. Typically by posting, I mean, polemicism guys. Hi, is that word too hard for you? typically by posting inflammatory content on social media that's just being a troll why do you got to be rage farming this is so goofy stop trying to make slang a thing fetch isn't going to happen Gretchen it's not going to happen uh, golly they need to need to call like these are the Gretchen's that are I'm sorry if you're named Gretchen but it's mean girls reference and it stays these are this is just why do we need these We don't that's the I mean it's rhetorical My question is entirely rhetorical we don't need any of this stuff This is it's just make it stop Just make this stop It's getting so ridiculous Stop it <sighs> Now Florida Is WFLA Has a story they're targeting More wokery Oh boy they're gonna this is gonna, They're gonna, These <gasps> Kane I get to use a new word The left is gonna rage farm Yeah Instead of troll. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Because it sounds like they're doing more, if you call it rage farming, than it is trolling. Because trolling is It not. sounds
0: like you're actually getting something positive yeah, out of it. Exactly. Like, you're going to have, like, a fruit. I think
3: that's or part cr- of why they changed it.
0: I was going to say, also, a vegetable. I swear to you, half the time, this is so non-intentional. Uh, I, hands they the sky. They're banning, they're tr- well, not banning. They're saying, you can basically not get, you can't, you don't have to get in trouble because you want to over-pronouns. If you don't want to use a certain pronoun, then you're not going to get in trouble for not using a pronoun. So now everybody's going to get mad over pronouns. All the left. That's going to be their new rage farm. That's their their product of the day. That's their commodity of the day through the rage farming. Mm -hmm. That's their yield.
3: And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech.
0: So apparently, a study coming out of uh, Colorado... A new analysis of 18,000 people Over body mass index Scientists are saying that Our understanding of it might be incorrect They say that carrying too much weight Obviously can increase the risk of high blood pressure And heart disease uh, Few studies actually say simply being a little overweight Can lead to a premature death The new study is changing everything Finding that obesity significantly Increases a person's risk of death uh, but for Anywhere from 22 to 91% That is wild. That's according to CU Boulder. Also, uh, this is Los Angeles. Southern California home sales falling to an all-time low. The region's housing slump continued all the way through January with home sales down by 43% and prices falling below year-ago levels for the first, first time in almost four years. Nobody wants to buy. Nobody and they said that they've had the lowest number of transactions in in like for 35 years according to real estate data firm core logic they reported this yesterday wow I'm telling you 40% of liberal professors are afraid that they will lose their jobs over a misunderstanding a new survey revealing the rampant illiberalism via reason and self-censorship amongst young faculty And they're saying that they're worried over the authoritarianism. These sound like a little bit more classical liberals, but they said 40% of them are worried about losing their jobs. Now, apparently, we're being told that bird flu has mutated to infect people. Another pandemic fear. Nobody eat these damn things. As scientists on Ground Zero in Cambodia find H5N1, a strain that killed an 11-year-old girl has evolved to infect human cells even better. They said it was of the, quote, utmost concern. It's in the Prey Veng province. Uh, 11-year-old became the first victim this year. They said there were some indications that the virus had already gone through a human and picked up new mutations before even infecting the 11-year-old. <clears throat> Her father's also tested positive but has not developed symptoms, so... We'll see where that goes. Uh, That's a little. mm. Uh, Also, a couple of other things here to make sure we get to if I can. Everything's acting weird. Everything's acting weird and it's all freezing up. Here we go. So, uh, well, now we're out of time. We're going to get to a whole bunch of other stuff. I have media. I have some foreign policy headlines, including are there Iranian warships on the move? We're going to talk about this as well. Stay with us.
2: Shooting down woke culture one crazy headline at a time. It's the Dana Show.
0: By the way, you docs are good. If there's any angels in heaven, they're all nurses, male and female. You know why? You guys let us, you guys make us, allow us to live. That's our president, everybody. I I don't know what he was saying there. We're trying to figure out if he was drunk or if he got in a hunter stash by accident. You can't leave that around for kids or confuse old people. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. Lovable curmudgeon, bottom of our third hour. Yeah, I don't... Uh, he had a number of some hot takes in his... Like, well, for instance, he can't figure out how much pre- prescription drugs cost. This. Is, oh, yeah, he used one of Hunter's straws. That's right, Kane. Audio Soundbite 5, check this.
2: Pay out $159,000 billion dollars
0: let mm-hmm.
2: less. A prescription it's drug, a lab,
0: it'll then it reduces the <laughs> deficit. Wow. Yeah, they were absolutely they were laughing, at, laughing it. at it. It's unbelievable. Uh, I I don't know. And then, of course, we knew that he was going to do this. Audio soundbite six. We knew this was coming. This is, I'm sure, going to make the markets rejoice.
2: <laughs> I want to make it clear. Mm-hmm. I'm going
0: to raise some taxes. Not- there is all of the uh, advertising that Republicans need going into 2024. Just play that over and over again. <clears throat> That's all I have to do. That's just unbelievable. I mean, it's not really, but so a couple of other. I have a couple of other amazing sound bites for you. I want. To, I had to watch this, so now you do too. It's Randy Weingarten. Audio soundbite one yesterday on the steps of the Supreme Court. Now she lost her ever-loving mind talking about student debt. She lost it. I mean, t- the drama is off the charts. Check this out. And frankly, and this is what really pisses me off. During the pandemic, we understood that small businesses were hurting. And we helped them. And it didn't go to the Supreme Court to challenge it. Big businesses were hurting. And we helped them.
2: And it didn't go to the Supreme Court to challenge it. All of a sudden, when it's about our students, they challenge it. The corporations challenge it. The student loan lenders challenge it. That is not right. That is not fair. And that is what we are fighting as well when we say cancel student debt.
0: Wow. Uh, she's melting down because graduate students want to get out of their debt. That's why she's losing her mind. Because the graduate students don't want to have to pay their debt. She is part of the problem for this, I have to say. She's very much part of the problem for this. Now, I want to give you a flashback. This is just from, a, you know, some years ago. What, a few years ago? Nancy Pelosi on the legality of the president either canceling or not canceling student loans. I mean, I mean she's the former Speaker of the House. Listen. People think that the President of the United States is this more on the subject than you ever want to know? Will you let me know. People think that the president of the United States has the power for debt forgiveness. He does not. He can postpone. He can delay. But he does not have that power. That, would, that has to be an act of Congress. Mm, mm. Mm, there you go. Well, has to be an act of Congress.
3: She may be drunk, but she's not wrong.
0: True. She may be drunk, but she's not wrong, there, guys. She speaking of drunk, Hunter L- Biden's lawyer apparently uh, just quit. Uh, don't blame him. He was tasked with defending him for all the shady bidness. His lawyer was concerned that the defense was going to flop. <sighs> well, I'm going to send that to you out in your prep, so you can devour that. That's some fun reading for a leader. He was just he was he was worried that they weren't going to, uh that it wasn't they weren't going to be successful with their defense. Hmm. Now, I have a couple of other things I want to make sure that we get into. Kind of a lot still to a lot still to cover actually. Uh, whew, all right, let's try to try to jump in some of this because I have a lot of audio and I have a lot of uh, a lot of headlines from our prep email. So, Iranian warships were docking in Brazil. This is from the Free Beacon. Uh, this was uh, reported yesterday late afternoon, so after we were off radio together. Two Iranian warships docked in Brazil on Tuesday, fueling concerns about Tehran's militarization in the region. The two ships docked at a port in Rio de Janeiro after arriving in the Panama Canal last month. Now, the arrival of these ships, both of which are sanctioned by the United States, sets up a potential diplomatic showdown between the Biden administration and Brazil, which could face sanctions for hosting the vessels, uh, Senator Cruz had said that the docking of the ships was a dangerous development and I, a direct threat to the safety and security of Americans. They say that they're, th- these ships, particularly, are already sanctioned, and so the port in Rio de Janeiro where they're at, they're now at risk of getting really crippling sanctions, and that would affect any of the Brazilian companies as well that do any kind of provide them with any kind of services or accept any kind of payments. So any foreign company that does business with those ships, uh, or with the port, all of them could get hit. And that's a very interesting, well, I mean, there's always been this, there's always been a number of anti-American dictators in, you know, South America, and Iran has always wanted to boost their ties with a lot of Latin American leaders, uh, particularly Nicolas Maduro, down in Venezuela. And by having these warships, I mean, that's... That is an interesting development. And have you heard, I mean, the Biden administration, there's not, I feel like we would know more about this. Sometimes I think that they send him out to say this. So he looks silly and everyone laughs at the old man. And then this stuff. Then you got some two warships that pull up. So that was it. I sent that in your prep as, uh, guys. And then I have this, uh, guys. Globe and (laughs) and Mail says China bribed Trudeau. They say that the Canadian Security Intelligence Service. Now, this is not just like some like quack reporting. This is from the Globe and Mail. Everything's sourced. They got names. It's not sources say. Again, it's names. Canadian Security Intelligence captured a conversation between. The only thing is an unnamed commercial attache, but it's with a Chinese consulate in Canada and the billionaire Zhang Bin, a political advisor to the CCP. He's a senior official in China's network. Of state promoters all around the world. So they were discussing the federal election, what's expected to take place. This is back in 2015, the possibility that, you know, uh, Stephen Harper would be defeated, his conservatives. Now, highlight the source said that the diplomat instructed Mr. Zeng to donate $1 million to the Trudeau Foundation and told him that the Chinese government would reimburse him for the entire amount. Hmm. Now, the one source that tipped everybody off. There, I would imagine is kind of worried for his life So and there they, the Globe and Mail is protecting the identity Of that individual who risks prosecution Under their security of information act because I would Imagine I mean golly you say one wrong thing in Canada And you can get sued Wow Wow Telling you what telling you what There's some very there's some shenanigans Underway shenanigans And here Domestically The lead coronavirus reporter of the New York Times is trying to say that it's racist to consider the lab leak theory. Still. There's still people pushing this. They're still trying to say. And you also had Medea San, who's over with MSNBC. He said he tweeted, quote, The simple reason why so many people weren't keen to discuss the lab leak theory is because it was originally conflated by the right with the Chinese bioweapon conspiracy and continues to be conflated by the right with anti-Fauci conspiracies. Blame the conspiracy theorists. Nate Silver retweeted this and said, The bad people thought the lab leak might be true. Therefore, as journalists, we couldn't be expected to actually evaluate the evidence of it the left in their zeal to defend totalitarianism they are doing more to flip people than republicans could ever do then oh man that that is that's been really amazing to watch that they i, I just what gets me is that They think the lab leak theory is racist, but not the zoonotic theory. Really? So they think it's more racist to, which isn't at all. It's the stupidest thing ever. But just roll with me. They think it's more racist for the lab leak theory, the idea that it was, I don't think it was leaked, but let's just go with that, that it was leaked from the Institute of Virology in Wuhan but it's not racist to think that a bunch of the the dirty unwashed masses in China ate a bat at a disgusting wet market. That's right. That's because that's what they're saying. Make it make sense. Oh my gosh. Make this make sense. This is. (sighs) Guys. It's a. (sighs) I'm going to rip all my hair out. My, I'm, I almost did. I mean, I'm, I can't deal with these people. I mean, I'm not into, you know, I don't believe in a national divorce, but I do believe in mocking the dumb, the, the dumb people. I do believe in that. Now, one other thing to note, uh, Mike Lee was apparently suspended from Twitter, the senator. What? He's got a personal Twitter account called Based Mike Lee. It's actually hysterical. He po- Right after he posted... Uh quote, it's not exactly a sign of a healthy democratic discourse that it's virtually impossible to ask a critical question about the United States' role in the Ukraine Russia conflict without being smeared as a Putin apologist or an isolationist. And apparently right after he tweeted that, he was banned.
3: So now he's back up as of eleven minutes. Is he ago.
0: eleven yeah. okay?
3: And he his last tweet was, or his latest tweet is, thanks to all who assisted in Operation
0: Free. So why Ace did he get? Why was he punished?
3: I'm not really sure.
0: That doesn't make any sense. Um, it doesn't. That doesn't make any sense at all. Why was he? Yeah. Why would he be punished? I mean, that seems like a pretty innocuous.
3: He posts a tweet. lot about Zelensky. Maybe is that? You think well, that yeah, that's what part? I. That's what that, I yeah. just read. It. That was
0: the last tweet that he had.
3: So, it's got to be it.
0: Oh, good grief.
2: Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time.
0: And make sure you sign up for the newsletter over at Substack. All kinds of good stuff. Every day comes out from there, and you want to make sure that you're getting it. It's super easy to do. So uh, a few things, oh, man, to still hit on uh, while we have a few minutes left. New York Post, Roald Dahl's book editors, you remember? Okay, so the the the... DEI or whatever, the woke consultants who wanted to rewrite everything and make it all woke and all this stuff, all of them were under 30 and they all had non-binary and non-binary anarchist project manager. What did you say, Kane? What? About the non-binary when someone declares they're non-binary?
3: Yeah, that's automatically a binary thing.
0: Yeah, it's automatically. It is. It is so
3: dumb. To Every time I hear it, it just... Uh,
0: and related to that, so did you guys know that Apparently, so someone was saying that they. It was a reporter who was saying I didn't really care about the role doll changes before, but now hearing that they're forcing updates to customers who had previously purchased uncensored eBooks, they said it makes them want to throw their Kindle away. That's apparently a thing. Uh, they're forcing censored versions onto readers who got eBooks. But that's not the, isn't that kind, That's not the product you purchased. That's over, by the way, and I'm going to send that out. I'll put that link. Uh, it's in a British paper. It's the Times UK. I'm going to put that link in your, uh, in your prep email so that you have that because it is actually a thing. They're, they are actually doing that. That's see retconning everything. That is so 1984. Holy wow. That's, that's pretty terrifying. Oh, Now, we're also going to have some audio tomorrow as it's, they've been ongoing still that the back and forth with Merrick Garland, there was an interesting conversation between Mike Lee and Garland where he had asked him about the DOJ uh, announcing charges against people who blocked access to abortion clinics during protests. He says there's been over 81 reported attacks on pregnancy centers. What is that? That Jane's whatever, Jane's revenge? That group actually claimed publicly gleefully responsibility for a number of the fire bombings uh, from what was reported. And uh, their mayor Garland had no answer at all. Marsha Blackburn of Tennessee had asked him about that and he apparently they couldn't find them. I mean, Garland was telling Leo oh, we'll apply the law legally, but equally, but uh, Senator Lee did not seem convinced uh, it, it at all. Because they're, I mean, the idea that you have people who are firebombing, he said that the reason that they arrested more pro-lifers is because their protests are happening during the day, and the firebombing was happening at night. Oh, is that okay? I am not even kidding you. That is an actual thing. So we're going to dive into some of this stuff tomorrow, because that is, um, wow, it is stunning. But that, it just goes to show you, he can, that's a, that's a stupid dodge i mean you're you're you can go and find and and go and arrest people and they they do they will go and visit the homes of people who weren't even there on january 6th they'll go and visit them and and you know people who were like nearby but actually didn't even go in the go in the capitol like they can be charged with unlawful parading i mean it's just so aggressive so we've got a lot to dive into tomorrow all right today in stupidity came
3: it is senator dick durbin It's not China, by the way, and it isn't the cartels. He says it's social media algorithms that are the root cause of death and destruction caused by fentanyl, which is a weird thing to say, but listen to this. They approach the social media and ask for the algorithms so that they can get to the root cause of this death and destruction. These social media platforms plead Section 230 and refuse. So the fentanyl problem is algorithms. It's not cartels. It's not China.
0: Yeah, no, it's not, That's not our at all. That's
3: Democrat Senator, Dick Durbin.
0: Yeah, exactly. Folks, that does it for us today. I hope you have a great rest of your evening. Make sure you sign up, Substack, Chapter and Verse. Find us on YouTube and Facebook. Like and subscribe. And I'll be back with you tomorrow. God bless.